Hello and welcome back to 365 Days with MXM Tune with a twist. I'm Maya, a singer, songwriter, video maker, and Oakland native. I'm also a huge fan of history. I love untold stories, gross facts, hidden secrets, anything weird, dark, and funky from the past. This month, we have some very special episodes. Each week, one of my friends is going to be taking over the podcast to share their favorite deep cuts with you. And this week's host is singer, streamer, gamer, Tessa Violet. Take it away, Tessa. It's 365 with Tessa New facts every day, so don't leave too soon. I'm gonna teach you stuff, no, it won't be tough. Gonna go a year till you've had enough. It's 365 Tessa Today, we're going back to look at the impact of the Columbine school shooting. Trigger warning for mentions of gun violence, death, and suicide. If you want to skip this episode, no worries. We'll catch you back on the feed tomorrow. On this day in 1999, 13 people were killed in the mass shooting at Columbine High School in Columbine, Colorado. At the time, this was the deadliest school shooting in United States history. Unfortunately, we've witnessed several more school shootings in the 22 years since then. As gun violence continues to ravage communities in Sandy Hook, Connecticut, Parkland, Florida, and too many other places, it's important to learn from these events as we look toward the future, imagining a world where parents can send their children to school without fear that they might not return home. Two weeks after Columbine, on May 3rd, Newsweek published a short three-letter headline on its cover. Why? It's now been over two decades since the tragedy at Columbine, but we're still left with this question. Why did two seniors at Columbine High School inflict such unthinkable violence in their community? Why wasn't that event in 1999 enough of a warning to prevent the hundreds of school shootings that have happened since? The tragedy of these events doesn't end once the horrific day has passed. Many survivors of school shootings suffer from PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. Within a year of the Columbine shooting, two survivors died by suicide. After the 2018 school shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, two people also died by suicide. Again, that Newsweek headline resonates. Why aren't we better at preventing these shootings? Why is gun violence so much more common in the U.S. than other countries? Three months after the Parkland shooting in 2018, CNN reported that there have been 288 school shootings in the U.S. since 2009. During the same time frame, there have been two school shootings in Canada, two in France, and one in Germany. In the UK, Japan, and Italy, there were no school shootings between 2009 and 2018. Why does this keep happening again and again and again in the US in particular? These tragic acts of violence have called into question the laws surrounding who can own a gun and what qualifications people need to meet in order to buy one. After the Parkland shooting, a group of young survivors and activists formed March for Our Lives, a youth-led organization working to end gun violence. They organized a march in Washington, D.C. Just a month later, along with almost 900 related events happening at the same time across the country. It's estimated that over a million people showed up, making it one of the largest protests in American history. Since then, the March for Our Lives has remained a powerful force for advocating for change. Their peace plan encourages us to challenge existing gun laws, hold groups like the National Rifle Association accountable, generate intersectional, community-based solutions, and finally empower the next generation. That's why I'm talking about this on this podcast, because I believe students deserve to go to school without the threat of gun violence. Let's dig a bit deeper into the policy at play here. 
You might remember from history class that the right to bear arms is guaranteed by the Bill of Rights to the Constitution. This was important to colonial Americans, as they wanted to protect themselves from threats to their newfound democracy. But almost 250 years later, our country looks a lot different than it did back then. While some people worry about losing the right to own weapons, others worry that it's far too easy to obtain these lethal firearms. And that's why there's such a startling quantity of shootings in the U.S. Only 22 states and Washington, D.C. require some form of extended background check before one can buy a gun. This means that in many states, it's easier for an 18-year-old to buy a gun than it is for them to get a driver's license. So, as the anniversary of the Columbine shooting rolls around once again, let's take time to think about how we can imagine a better world and what we can individually do to create that world. Now, let's talk about music. Today in 2018, Anne-Marie released the song 2002 as the sixth single from her debut album, Speak Your Mind. It's a bit unusual to release so many singles from one album, but Ed Sheeran, who co-wrote the song, enthusiastically pestered her to leak it. As he continued to comment on her Instagram post asking her to leak the song, she finally caved. And hey, it turns out that Ed Sheeran knows a thing or two about music, because fans loved it. 2002 reached the top 10 in the charts in seven countries. In the song, the English singer reflects on a preteen romance and the song she listened to back then, like Baby One More Time, Oops I Did It Again, 99 Problems, Bye Bye Bye, The Next Episode, and Ride With Me. That's a lot to fit into just a few lines of the chorus. She even credits the songwriters of these hits in her liner notes, properly paying homage to the sounds of the era. Ooh, okay, let's see. What happened to me April 20th? Okay, okay, so April 20th, 2019, I played my first headline show in London. Um, and I'm looking at a picture of me with everybody who came to that show. We did two nights, um, 200 cap both nights. It was the first time I ever sold out a show in one day. Um, gosh, wow. I'm glad I get to re-experience this. You know, I was so out of touch with my feelings then. It's like, I didn't even have the space to feel how exciting that was. And I feel it now getting to re-experience it. I'm like, yes, sweet baby. That's so exciting. And here I am with 200 fans holding up, um, heart pieces of paper with their phone shining through. And that's amazing. I cannot wait to go back to, not back to this moment. I know you can't go back to that moment, but to experience moments with it again, y'all, I think live music is so special. Every single night is different. Um, and I love it because when you play a show, you know, unlike when you watch something on YouTube, you're creating something with the people who are in that space with you. It's a collaborative experience in that way. And um, I don't know, it's so special. Every night is different. So can't wait to get back to it. Anyway, thanks for going back in time with me. And remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and come back tomorrow for more stories from the past with me, your guest host, Tessa Violet. It's 365 with Tessa every day so don't leave too soon i'm gonna teach you stuff no it won't be tough gonna go a year till you've had enough it's 365